0: Welcome to Building Forever, a DBS Group podcast where we explore how we're creating a positive lasting impact on the world around us. An impact that will endure well beyond the discovery of our last diamond. Hi there, my name is Jackie Mabilogo and I'm your host. On this, the fifth episode of our Building Forever podcast we'll be meeting three inspirational women who've been awarded De Beers Group scholarships in Canada. Accelerating Equal Opportunity is one of our four Building Forever pillars. And within this, we have a particular focus on engaging more women and girls within STEM subjects and careers. It's our commitment to engage more than 10,000 young women in STEM by 2030. This includes working with our partners, UN Women in Canada and Women in Southern Africa. Currently, despite the challenges of the COVID-19 pandemic, we've reached more than 2,300 students. In a moment, we'll hear from three of more than 60 amazing women who have received scholarships through our partnership with UN Women to study STEM subjects at universities in Canada. This includes Hayley McLeod and Emily Smythe studying at the University of Waterloo, and Jenna Lyons, studying at McIrwen University. They discuss with my colleague, Al, how they're pursuing their hopes and dreams and what barriers they've come up against. We'll also be speaking to Pamela Cook-Elemis, Principal Mineral Resource Manager in Canada, who's been an instrumental and passionate figure in setting these scholarship programmes in motion. For now, over to you, Al.
1: Thank you, Jackie. It's a pleasure to be speaking to my guest today on a topic that's really close to my own heart, accelerating equal opportunity. The barriers women face are hardly underreported, and the gender pay gap actually widened last year. COVID-19 increased that global gender pay gap by an entire generation. That's now 136 years before we reach equal pay, according to the World Economic Forum. With a global pace of change, we need a powerful talent pipeline, not only for our own business, but also to tackle wider societal challenges. This will require diversity of thought, yet currently many futures-focused subjects and careers remain male-dominated. Globally, only 11% of engineers and 24% of those in leadership roles are women. So what are we going to do about it? Well, here are some bright minds who are breaking the mold for women. Hayley, Emily, Jenna, welcome to the Building Forever podcast. Uh, Could you introduce yourselves and tell us where you live and what it is you're studying to kick us off?
2: Hi, my name is Hayley McLeod. I live in northern Ontario. And I'm currently studying mechanical engineering.
3: Thank you, Haley. Yeah, so my name is Emily, and I'm currently studying chemical engineering at the University of Waterloo. I also live in northern Ontario and Sudbury. For the rest of the year, I'll be living in Waterloo for my co-op and my fourth year.
1: And Jenna?
4: Hi, my name is Jenna Lyons. Uh, I live in Edmonton, Alberta, and I'm studying psychiatric nursing at McEwen University.
1: Oh, a really nice different spread of of career futures. This is exciting. I think we should probably start with a little bit of context for listeners if that's okay. So how do you really think the world is set up for women who want to pursue a career in science, tech, engineering, and maths or STEM subjects? Is it different in different communities? and, And what have you observed? who wants to jump in here?
3: Yeah, I can go first. So I'm really sure like it depends on like where you are in the world. So I've been like really lucky, like growing up, um, I've been in a really like a community and like a household which really encourages like girls to pursue kind of careers in STEM. But of course, this might not be possible everywhere. So luckily, in my program in chemical engineering, about 40% of us um, are women in the program. So this is really good and we're all like very encouraging to each other. However, um, I have a sister who's also studying engineering, mechatronics engineering, and there's only 10% of girls in her program out of like 100 and something students. And she's definitely experienced kind of like that thing where the males in her class think that they're more capable of doing stuff and try to take on like more work and think that the females aren't capable of doing the work that they can. So like in that way, there's definitely like that barrier between male and female of like what we
1: can and can't do interesting that that still exists in 2022 right Mm -hmm. what about you jenna in nursing are you experiencing the same thing
4: so i grew up in a rural northern community in alberta and then i was living even further north in the nwt uh, for several years and Definitely the educational availability and opportunity and the social constructs and economic status, I think, really impacts the ability for women to come into STEM, uh, specifically, you know, as you get kind of more north and more isolated, Um, just that opportunity isn't there.
1: Mm, mm. And what about your experience, Hayley?
4: Um, In high school, I,
2: if anything, it was the girls that kind of were more in STEM. Just from my small class there is two of us that went into engineering mm-hmm. but then as Emily was saying since I'm a mechanical there's way more guys than girls in my program. There's probably like 10 girls for my whole like year.
1: And um, out of how many in the in the year group?
2: Um, Probably like 100.
1: Gosh really interesting that 10%. I guess it's a funny space isn't it because it's whether it's kind of engendered through through years of it being such a male-dominated subject but I I feel like we're on the cusp of inspirational women like yourselves in that field being able I I know it's always really embarrassing to be described as inspirational isn't it but I think you're inspirational ladies I think you're amazing (laughs) but it's like the more people that you see uh, and the more women that you see in those roles especially younger younger women coming up right um, the more they can feel like it's it's a field for them to aspire to but I, I'd be fascinated in in your background and how you came to achieve and um, the scholarship with De Beers. Jenna?
4: Yeah so I just want to say too like uh, meeting with Haley and Emily like it's so awesome to see women in this field. Uh, I come from a social work background I've actually been a social worker for almost 10 years and um Kind of when I think about like the social constructs in my household, it it was really around like those like um, women dominated like what can you do and be a mom, you know. And so it's really awesome to kind of see younger people coming up. And my journey into uh, nursing has taken a bit longer and and kind of building through experience in life and and school, like previous post-secondary, it's been kind of building into that, oh, I can do anything, right? So it's really, really exciting to see women who are coming, you know, coming from that household construct of like, be an engineer, you know, and right from the get-go, and we don't have to go through this kind of journey Mm-hmm. So that kind of um, where I got to psych nursing is in social work, also a female-dominated field. I really struggled with those barriers of connecting um, the medical field with the mental health field and mm-hmm. getting that recognition for the importance of social work in our communities. Um, so kind of deciding to like change careers and be the person that's bridging those gaps, right and that's kind of what got me into stem and and I was single woman looking for any kind of support that I could. and that's kind of what brought me about De Beers and and I was like, oh, might as well apply and then I got it.
1: <laughs> wow, amazing, nice story. Haley, what about you?
2: Well, when I was applying to universities last year, I made sure I was eligible for all the scholarships and through Waterloo it automatically signed me up for the scholarship so I was really glad when I got it it helped a lot with my financials and very yeah. grateful
1: oh no that's cool Emily was it a
3: similar experience for you yeah I was in this like especially in high school um like kind of being like um from northern Ontario like I applied to chemical engineering at Waterloo and of course um when applying to Waterloo you had to fill out like an admission information form and this like Tells you about like all the experience you've had, volunteer experience. So like when I was in high school, I did like a lot of volunteer experience, try to get involved in with the community. And then I also had like very high grades. So, yeah, of course, when I applied to go for to Waterloo and accepted it, I was automatically applied for the scholarship. And like what Haley said, I was like very grateful again, the scholarship, because it definitely did help with the tuition because engineering isn't, <laughs> isn't cheap. <laughs> like the tuition is expensive and it really helps with kind of that barrier, um, financial barrier to allow like women in, in STEM and like from rural communities or even like Northern Ontario and other parts to be able to get this opportunity to study.
1: And it's it's so nice, so refreshing to hear that as well, you know, um, to hear people really wanting to go and, and study these amazing subjects. I really want to get into role models. So big or small, who inspires you?
3: So I kind of have like two role models in my life. Um, the first one is, of course, like my mother, um, she has kind of like done a lot for me, like encouraged me even to pursue like an education and engineering and even like go further in my career. Like if I want to do a master's, I'm very like encouraging to pursue like whatever I want, whatever I'm passionate about and to like never give up. You and sure. even if people kind of bring you down because like of your gender or saying you're not qualified, um, just keep going. And the second one is kind of I've had a mentor I just, like, went to this mentorship program last term um, with graduate students at the University of Waterloo. It's, like, because we have our women in engineering community. So there was a mentorship program, and I had a mentor over there, and she's currently studying um, in civil engineering. And being able to kind of hear her stories as, like, a woman of, like, color too, mm. um, explaining, like, her experience and, like, what has been everything to apply for a master's and even getting her PhD right now is, like, very inspiring and has also helped me um, – consider also, should I apply to a master's in the future?
2: Wow,
1: nice.
2: Haley. what about you? I'd say my biggest role model is my dad. He just always encouraged me to do like whatever I wanted. And I was always really dedicated to math and science and school in general. Mm-hmm. So with that, I decided to go on engineering.
1: Nice. Oh, he sounds great. I think fathers kind of championing their girls is um, is super important in this space, and and can can make or break it, right? Jenna, what about you?
4: Yeah, so I I think it, it's hard to, to hone in on a role model, especially coming into STEM a little bit older, because mm-hmm. it really becomes an experience of like all of the people that you come across in life, right? And and anyone that good or bad, they kind of have an impact on who you grow into. I think, you know, probably my mom and dad, they've encouraged me. I've always been a little bit of that kid that pushed the barriers <laughs> of, of what seems to be normal. And, and you know, they've always made me still feel loved and, and kind of allowed me that space to grow. And then throughout my career, I've come across, you know, many amazing women who have kind of paved the way for a lot of us in in just professional in the professional environments and and really showed, you know, that commitment to your cause or your fields. And it is, it really is a slow burn kind of building on, you know, whatever you start in. And they've really taught me to be patient and trust in that process.
1: I totally get that it's um it's interesting isn't it when um we have kind of male and and female role models and kind of for the women above us it's someone to look up to perhaps and for for the man above us it's someone to champion and lift up right and and really help. I guess. I'm interested because you're, you, you're either right in the cusp of studying or or just towards the end, 10 years time, what would be your dream career? Like there's no limit and there genuinely aren't any limits, you know, only the ones who place on ourselves or society does. What's what's the future hold? Yeah, so something, because I'm going to
3: be almost graduating soon and I'm going into my fourth year. So I'm focusing on like what we call like a capstone project. So um, I'm very focused kind of in the future to be work for a company that really values like sustainability and either improving processes i've had um, co-op and manufacturing at pepsi and then i'm also going to be having a co-op now and another manufacturing at toyota so i'm very like interested in working in the manufacturing that especially if they value like something called lean six sigma so just being able to improve processes is something that i would love to work or kind of a dream career in the future mm-hmm. and then especially as an engineer i really want to get my professional engineering license here like in ontario and then also kind of get what we call like a black belt and Lean Six Sigma. So those are kind of like my career goals and like what I want to work in.
1: I'm just sitting here smiling. It's just so <laughs> inspirational. Lean Six Sigma is big news at the moment. So if, you, if you're mm-hmm. interested in that, right, it, you know, the the sky's your limit I feel like every big corporate business is, is interested in making its processes a lot more agile than they were before. So nice, very inspiring. Hayley, what about you?
2: At the moment, I'm doing a co-op at a paper manufacturing plant so it's really getting in me into manufacturing as well and but I'm really gonna see like all the different industries throughout my the rest of my co-ops the only goal that I do know at the moment is that I do want to get my professional engineering
1: mm, absolutely and I've, I do feel like testing and learning in, in those co-ops and um, in the UK we call them like work experience but it's just it's that chance to go and, and test out and feel like if just feel like the right fit and um you know companies are just just absolutely hungry for for bright minds on, on this topic Jenna
4: what about you? Wow, girls! I'm so excited for you. I just I want to I want to know you in 10 years to see where you guys end up. Um, uh, currently, I have my sights set on some work experience as Royal Canadian Mounted Police uh, Police and Crisis Team Nurse. So it's it's kind of a newish program in in Canada. Some of the rural communities are seeing it, and it's a, a mental health nurse and an officer who attend um, mental health calls. And they're seeing uh, really positive results with the community and, you know, less kind of like authoritative responses to mental health calls or high risk and vulnerable people calls. And then my dream job is to kind of work my way into an administrative role where I can really impact some change about how we respond to mental health and vulnerable calls in, you know, Alberta and maybe Canada. We'll see.
1: (laughs) Wow. Oh, I just feel like that's such an important field as well, because, you know, it can be such an underfunded and undernourished part of the the healthcare system. And actually, you know, somebody who really wants to get in there and make some change happen. That's amazing. Excited for you too. (laughs) So I guess um, we've talked a little bit about what being involved in the scholarship programme meant to to you guys, because, you know, it's great that it's happened. It's helped with some, some of the financial barriers, but actually... Has it changed anything, I don't know, in your learning style, or has it changed the way that you think about the world? Has anything kind of surprised you on this journey?
3: I think just being given like the scholarship has definitely like kind of given the opportunity for women um, in areas like like more rural areas, um the opportunity to kind of pursue like um careers in STEM, which they thought probably wasn't possible before. And what it has taught me, especially since entering to university, is that there's still these barriers, and like we really still need to like support each other mm-hmm. and try to overcome these barriers,
2: yeah, overcoming the barriers that are still there. I can definitely see that. Some of the guys in my program, they definitely like they're good, but then other ones like they just didn't listen to my ideas at all. but I am at the beginning of my career, so I'm hoping as it goes through that I can deal with it better and just have more experience in being an in-person university
1: yeah I totally understand that and I've definitely Hayley I have definitely been in those meetings where I might have said something and then you know and nobody picked it up and then maybe a guy said it 10 minutes later and everyone's like what a great idea <laughs> it just happens right but we didn't used to talk about it, and I think we're a little bit better now at talking about this. And, and I actually do think in the last year or two, men have certainly been more willing to listen and observe and really see that. And I think it can perhaps even the pandemic and, and Teams calls of women have been able to have more of a voice or even, you know, even just kind of quiet men, for example, have been able to have a voice by using the raise hand function, Bit of digital democracy going on there, maybe. Uh, Jenna just before I move on is anything kind of surprised you about your your time on this scholarship
4: you know just having the opportunity was so great and then you know this kind of linking up and like meeting other women in STEM is a really cool opportunity and I think it's like we're pretty spread out in our country right now which is kind of cool you know just knowing that there are these other women paving the way and and Even experiencing maybe some of the same silencing, you know, learning to find your voice and and things like that. And I think that's where that, you know, building in for women can come from, right, is building these connections and knowing that, you know, we're in this together
1: yeah i totally agree this feels like um this feels like a really good space even on you know on this podcast today this is just like a very warm and supportive place and i just feel like the more connections we can make the better it will feel in the future because guaranteed that someone else has walked in the same footsteps as you or down a different path and and come up against some of the same barriers and how they navigate it might just be slightly different to you and we can all learn from each other right I guess thinking about um other women and, and kind of your experience or other young, young women coming into the field or some mature students coming in later, what would you really say to them about the opportunity that's within STEM subjects?
3: Yeah, I would say if you are very passionate about something or you want to make a change and it is in STEM, I would just pursue it. Even if you think it's a male-dominated industry or it's very difficult, um, I would recommend never giving up. And just continue to go with like your passions um, and study something in STEM too, because it's also very rewarding too, in the end.
1: Mm, really nice.
2: Haley. I would say like just find people that kind of have the same goals as you and really try and make friends, whether it's in your program or like without, because having that social connection is really important to stay on top of your school and just be able to give all of yourself to everything you do.
1: Yeah, I hear you on that. And and I think you're so right. It's not just about the academic stuff, is it? You know, finding your people who you can kind of connect with and the people who might be interested in the same things as you. It doesn't just have to mean academically. It can definitely be um, an outside school or outside work thing for sure. Jenna, what about you?
4: I would encourage women coming into STEM um, to reflect, plan and take on whichever career you're choosing. Know that we're still going to battle the social construct that may make you second guess your true callings, Uh, but know that you can do what you set your mind to. Uh, I would suggest setting one goal at a time and chip away at whatever that dream might be. Work hard and allow yourself to fail because it's going to happen. Learn those lessons, get back to the grind because we as women do have a valuable and unique presence in STEM. it's okay to accept that we're different. We're women and and really own that.
1: I totally hear you on failure. My goodness, if I had a pound for every time I messed something up, <laughs> I would be so rich right now. <laughs> um, you've got to kind of be able to be a bit resilient and bounce back because if you, if you fall at the first hurdle, you'll go nowhere. That will be the end of it. And you, you never know what opportunities might come up if you go, okay, well, I messed this up but I'm going to have another go. Totally hear that. I guess last question how will we make equal opportunity real in this world in 2022 in a world where so much is happening right now and actually the the gender conversation might lose focus because of all of the kind of other things that are happening and going on in the world who's going to give me their (laughs) their words on how we make this real for people
3: Yeah, I, so I think like a first step that we should definitely do is like we're doing here, just talk about like the current issues that women face and even try to focus on like what are the root causes of this. Even holding, I think, workshops, even what we're doing here, like talking to each other, listening to other women's experience, I think will definitely help. Initially, um, help like women in STEM and like encourage others. So, just like that first step, and then seeing like what we can do then in the
2: future. Love that. Anyone else? I think a good way is uh, putting more money into STEM programs in high schools to get people interested from the beginning of high school rather than them trying to like figure out what STEM actually is by themselves. I know in my school, since it was a very northern community. There is no STEM program at all. So I'd have any experience just through school. So I would definitely want to, like when I'm an engineer, put some clubs in place in those northern communities. So then oh. they'll have the opportunity to learn more about it.
1: Fantastic. What a brilliant grassroots idea. I really love that, Hayley. Um, and Jenna, what about you?
4: Yeah, I just want to echo what Haley said. Like that's, you know... Women from northern rural communities, like we're hardy, we're strong, we've seen, you know, able to handle a lot of different scenarios and like these are really the women that can make change and And I think we need to do a better job of kind of pulling them out of, you know, those communities and whether or not they go back there to work and do STEM, you know, but giving them those opportunities and, and working a little harder to, to show them that they are able to do this too, right? Because I think a lot of the, you know, the women leadership, we often see coming from bigger centers and, and because those opportunities just aren't, you know, like you say, aren't available. I didn't know about a lot of things either. Even, you know, now ten years, twelve years after graduating. So, and um, I think seeing that female leadership and you know people like Haley and Emily in in leadership roles, you know, was a really great way to inspire other women. So
1: absolutely i couldn't agree more i've just sat here and been completely blown away by the three of you it's just been such a great conversation and i hope that everybody listening to this will really feel that the future is definitely bright for women in industry wherever they are and certainly with inspirational women like you at the helm i'm very hopeful for our future thank you so much for sharing your stories with me and coming on the building forever podcast Investing in technical and leadership skills for girls and women, we can build a more diverse talent pipeline, both for our business and society, and support women in playing an equal role in shaping the future. So our goal is to engage and support 10,000 girls by raising awareness of and providing opportunities to explore STEM subjects and careers. Now, this goal is very close to the heart of my next guest, Pamela cook Elmers, Principal Mineral Resource Manager from Canada. Pamela, welcome to Building Forever Podcast. How are you today?
5: I'm very well, thank you. And thanks for the invitation to, to come and speak with you today. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'd be fascinated to start
1: with a bit about your own technical background. That'd be great.
5: Sure. Well, I'm a geoscientist. So my journey began in university where I became interested in earth sciences. After I took an elective, I was actually originally studying mathematics. So right from the beginning of my uh, my university days, I was interested in STEM. So I took an, an elective in the earth sciences. And, and that led me to a summer job in a remote field camp in northern Saskatchewan while I was studying so I walked through the forests, and we bathed in lakes, and we got mail by float plane and food. It was, it, was, it was quite an adventure in a very remote existence, and it changed my life. Wow. And that's what led me to actually change to a geology major, and I became a geoscientist. I worked in summer remote camps for a number of years, so that was an amazing time in my life, you know, after I chose to focus on geology. Once I finished my studies and I started working for De Beers, I actually started working in the in the Northwest Territories as a geoscientist. And it was during the Diamond Rush. So it was incredible time to to start my career in the North. So I, I feel so privileged. I've, I've experienced many different areas of the company. You know, I mentioned my field work in the Northwest Territories, but I've also worked across the exploration pipeline and laboratory services and in project management. I've had the opportunity to live and work in Southern Africa. So I um, worked out of our Johannesburg and Kimberley offices and all of this really um, shaped my career to where I am now. i the principal mineral resource manager for Canada um, based out of the Calgary office.
1: It's amazing, right, because um, I interviewed a couple of girls right at the start of their careers in STEM. And I feel like interviewing you now is absolutely <laughs> just the pinnacle of role model for them to see somebody who's got an incredible technical background some really cool expertise. So, I mean, I'm really interested in in your opinion on kind of standing standing with women and girls. As somebody who's had this kind of real introduction and amazing career in STEM, which I'm just like basically you were talking, and my mouth was just open
5: because it was so exciting.
1: What's been your kind of big inspiration that's that's helped you drive to where you wanted to be?
5: So, you know, it it, it has been exciting, and you know, I can say that from from being in the driving driver's seat and in my career. It's been really, really exciting just being in all of these remote places and different places and in this non-traditional career. And I think that's the the point is that when I began my career and there weren't very many women out in the field, there were very, very few. And at times it was difficult. And at times um, I felt it difficult for people to understand my perspective. Mm -hmm. And, And that's why it's so important for me is because by having more women out in the field that diversity of perspectives it just leads to better outcomes so i'm really passionate about it just because i really want the women that follow in my footsteps behind me or forging their new path you know beginning in those those field experiences it's wonderful for them to be able to focus just on being a great geoscientist and not having to navigate being the only female around. I completely agree with you and having
1: been, you know, the only girl on a on a normal male team before, I do really understand that. And sometimes yeah. you know, you feel like you're forging your own path and having to kind of stand up and say, you know, my opinion's valid. And then and it probably always was. It's just that they've never heard it from a female voice before. <laughs> exactly. Well, no, that's exactly it. Yeah. And so like for you, kind of personally and professionally, why does this sort of matter so much? Why have you, from being that early initial voice, and I guess times have, must have changed a little bit now, what's, what's really important about this for you now?
5: As I mentioned, you know, I, early in my career, being out in the field and and being one of few voices, I just want to make sure the path is is easier for the women coming behind me. You know, mm-hmm. I want to make sure it's easier. I, I, I think that... Um, I had a lot of really, really great mentors when I was out in the field that Mm -hmm. helped me overcome a lot of barriers. And I had a lot of male mentors in the field that helped me overcome a lot of these barriers. So, you know, by by identifying these barriers that we've already succeeded in overcoming, I think it's just great for the women that are becoming behind me, because then, as I mentioned, you know, they can really just focus on on the work and focus on being their best selves their best whole selves in a geoscience way in the environment they're in so so personally it's very very important for me just because we've we've already ever overcome so much we don't have to repeat those those lessons right so personally and professionally in fact because you know um the geoscientists that are in the field now, I'm not in the field anymore, but, but those geos- geoscientists now, I hope they're focusing on different things rather than um, how do I fit into this environment and how, how, how do I make sure my voice is heard?
1: It's interesting, your point about male mentors and kind of male allies in a way, because I completely agree with you being in an all-male team. They were the only people I had as mentors. And actually, some of my very best growth has come from somebody who's taken a real interest in me personally. And, you know, all of that gender politics is just swept to one side. And actually, you can just focus on being brilliant at your job. And it's so refreshing when that happens. Absolutely. Absolutely. So did you find kind of from your your male mentors, you know, when they sort of took an interest in you? I suppose at the time when you were when you were early in your career, did it feel like almost a surprise that they were interested, but then actually did you grow from it?
5: So in fact, it wasn't a surprise. You know, I I in university, in fact, I was one of the one of the few women, but you know, the university is a different environment. So I found it a very, very supportive environment. When I went into the field, I I expected that support because of my experiences in post-secondary. And the, the fellows that I was in camp with were, were just amazing from a team approach, mm. because a team is only successful when you can all contribute. Mm. And so they were they were just um, an amazing group to work with. And I learned so much from them. And I grew because I got to hear their perspectives. And one of the great things about those mentors is they didn't expect that I had to behave like them in order to succeed. So they accepted me for who I was and what I brought to the table, being very different from everyone else in camp. And that is so important in a young person's career for their confidence so that they can start plotting that path.
1: (sighs) I totally agree. And and I think it is all about confidence. And if you get that early knockback, it can set you out for years. Whereas if you have somebody who really listens and cares and believes in you as you, not as somebody you're trying to be, it, it can be incredible. I mean, what's the progress you've seen to date?
5: With respect to scholarships,
1: yeah, I think in in your years in the industry, like the progress that you've seen today to um on on gender equality, gender balance and and more girls in stem
5: can i can I talk to you about some of the stuff we're doing in De beers? Yes, okay. So you know in twenty seventeen, we became partners with u n women. And that was an incredible time for De Beers, not only in Canada, but for De Beers and Group. When we became partners with, with UN Women, you know, we set ourselves three very lofty goals. One of them was being a more positive influence in, in the marketing side. Mm-hmm. The second one was supporting women in micro-entrepreneurial pursuits in southern Africa. Mm-hmm. And in Canada, we wanted to support women in STEM. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to that, all over group, we wanted to ensure that we were providing opportunities for women to excel in senior leadership. So one of our UN Women Commitments was that we would have parity in appointment uh, of women to senior leadership roles. So when I talk about the success since the beginning of our partnership, first of all, we have achieved parity in the appointment of senior leadership appointments for women. So we, we've achieved parity across group, which um, which I think is an amazing success. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it wasn't just about the UN Women Partnership. We started some working groups in Canada, a number of working groups, and um, we brainstormed in different areas, you know, as, uh, talent retention, leadership, all of those things. We, we brainstormed things that we wanted to see potential paths forward in certain areas. We actually had 50 people volunteer across Canada to, to be part of what we call the Inclusion and Diversity Working Group. And once we had done all this brainstorming, we wanted to hear from more people. So we actually did a roadshow. We went to all of our sites, we went to the mines, we made sure we visited each shift, we went to each office, and we presented the ideas that we'd come up with. And then we said, okay, and let's hear from you. So okay. we had sticky notes, people just wrote their ideas on sticky notes, we had hundreds of sticky notes of ideas, and, and thoughts um, on avenues that we could pursue that would make a, a more diverse uh, workforce and, and make it sustainable. So you know that was um, it was really really satisfying. In fact, one of the most satisfying points in my career was those roadshows and and the privilege of of speaking with people at a grassroots, grassroots level about issues that were important to them. One of the really important things that came out of our UN Women partnership though, was our STEM scholarships, mm. something that we're so proud of. We started a STEM scholarship program in 2018, and we started with the University of Waterloo. They were also a UN Women Partner. The next year, we expanded that program to the University of Calgary. And the following year, we expanded it to a program within Scholarships Canada. So our scholarship programs, one in Ontario, one in Alberta, and then the Scholarships North piece, that was really focused on the women in the North and supporting them regardless of where they went to school. We to date have awarded 74 scholarships, almost a half a million dollars. Gosh. And we've supported women across 14 different post-secondary institutions across the country. It's something that we're really, really proud of. Because if we want to see it, if we want to move the scale on women, and, women in STEM, we need to make sure that we provide support for the women in STEM so that they can uh, pursue those goals of of those career choices. Um, so
1: right about the, the educational um, and the, the area that you come from, right? You know, your, your own background and your own ability to be able to, to get to further education. Can sometimes be so limited just for, through something that you physically cannot control. It's where you grew up. It, you know, it's it's just a kind of a societal thing that happens to you and actually giving somebody that bit of a helping hand, that foot up into the system, no matter where they're from, actually, if they've got potential, my goodness. I mean that's just incredible. It must be really
5: really rewarding
1: to watch some of these women come through the scholarships.
5: It is so inspiring. Um it's so inspiring to hear their stories. So we have we've tried to get together with the scholarship winners when we can. Of course we've we've had trouble doing that over the past couple of years with um with COVID, but when we've been able to have an opportunity to gather with them and listen to their stories, it it actually is really an incredibly touching thing and to know the impact that we're having on career choices, but on their path to the future. It's it's really inspiring. You know, one of the things that we're doing, which I think is really important, is is a project that we call Make Your Mark. Oh, tell and me about that. So, you know, what we do is we try to profile some of our women in the industry, whether they're in science or trades. And it's really important to do this because we um, we then take that information and we share it. So, because part of the problem in mining is that, you know, people have a bit of a a bias in their mind and it's like, if I'm gonna be in mining, it means that I I need to like rocks, but it's not the case by showing opportunities that are available in the mining industry. That's how we're going to generate an interest in it, whether whether you're a chef, whether you're an environment, whether you're a geoscientist or an engineer. So that's one of the programs that we're working on that's really, really important. And, and we try to take that information to the schools in the north as well so that young girls, when they're making those decisions, those career decisions, they see, oh, you know what? Actually, I'm really inv- interested in the environment. Maybe I can pursue that with De Beers.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's so cool, because I completely agree with you. I've been that teenage girl who's gone, well, I like the idea of doing this, but I don't see myself anywhere in these companies, because all I can see is, you know, leadership positions, for example, whereas actually, that wasn't what I wanted to do at all. And I think just giving people that window into someone else's world, like you say, it could be, they could be a chef, they could be a project manager, they could do anything, Yeah, um, but they just don't know
5: what they don't know, right? exactly yeah so it's just about making sure that we 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 provide that window into the mining industry so that people see the opportunities that are there and it's going to be not only is it good for the industry it's good for the north
1: mm, totally yeah oh pamela what an inspiration thank you so much for talking to me today thanks for being the change and i look forward to seeing even more progress on this topic
0: Thanks for tuning into Building Forever, a podcast from De Beers Group. Ethical practice, thriving communities, equal opportunity, and the natural world are topics teeming with questions. If there's something you think we should discuss in a future episode, do get in touch with us. You'll find us at De Beers Group Communications at DeBeersGroup.com or reach out on Twitter at De Beers Group using the hashtag Building Forever. Until next time.